Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is a science of change, as well as careers, community research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Dr. Vladimir Ramos. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Dr. Vladimir Ramos Alvarado is the principal investigator of the Interfacial Phenomenal Lab at Penn State University. He's a member of the Materials Computation Center at Penn State and an associate of the Institute for Computation and Data at Penn State. Dr. Ramos obtained a bachelor's and master's degree both in mechanical engineering from the University of Guanajuato in Mexico in 2009 and 2011, respectively. Later on, he continued his education at the Georgia Institute of Technology, where he obtained a PhD and a master's degree in mechanical engineering in 2016. After brief postdoctoral and instructor appointments at Georgia Tech, Dr. Ramos joined the Department of Mechanical Engineering at Penn State University as an assistant professor in May of 2017. Please welcome Dr. Vladimir Ramos Alvarado. Thank you, Dr. Ramos Alvarado, for joining me today. It's good to have you on. So, what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, let me see some beneficial advice. Uh, usually, they come from my mentors, and I have had many of them. And uh, the most beneficials uh, came from um, President Peterson, you know, the president of Georgia Tech. He didn't have to say a lot. He would uh, mentor me with his example. So being humble, honest, and disciplined, that's the best advice that I received from him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. very important. Yeah, because I think, I think I found understand that, you know, those three attributes will carry you a long way in your academic career. So why did you choose mechanical engineering as a field to do your doctoral studies in? Oh, that's a, that's a funny story because actually when I chose my major, when I was going to college, I actually didn't want to be a, an engineer. I wanted to be a physicist, uh, but uh, the physics school in Mexico was not in my hometown. So I had to travel somewhere else, pay rent and you know support myself there and I couldn't afford it. So I went to the engineering school and I just chose out of the menu <laughs> and I just oh, yeah. continued doing that. So eventually my PhD was just a natural consequence to all the activities that I had done before. So yeah, I never had the courage to go to physics, you know, back. Uh, I met a friend who actually did it. He was in the same situation as me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, after, uh, after college, he went for his degrees in physics, but I, I didn't have the courage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, well, it looks like it turned out well for you, so that's okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment? How do you maintain that? Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah so, vision of, uh, of, if you mean the activities that I do in my lab, well, it's deep intros- introspection of the goals that you want to achieve, right? It's not something that you can just... Uh, put it on paper once and put it on the website of your lab and just let it be there. No, it's something, it's a continuous activity to keep revising what you want to achieve in your career. 
and teamwork, well, I, it happens that I have always been surrounded by amazing people, very smart, uh, productive uh, students and colleagues. They just motivate, you know, it eases the, the teamwork activity. I mean, I, it's, it's like I'm cheating, right? I have always been surrounded by just fantastic students and fantastic colleagues. So it's yeah. really easy to yeah, some would say serendipity, some would say luck, some would say last, uh, some would say it's a privilege, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's good. It's good to have yeah. a good environment surrounding you. Because um, um, people have made the statement, birds of a feather flock together, and a man is known that a company that he keeps as well as the environment helps to shape and mold you as you pr progress and proceed your academic career so yes environment good environment do play a big role so yes you're a professor at Penn State you did your PhD your PhD advisor was the president of Georgia Tech um, how would you say you've been so successful thus far and what how would you attribute to your success yeah um, oh man uh, <laughs> if you mean my success as a professor I mean it's too early to say that <laughs> I've been doing this just yeah, as a student, well, I would say discipline and hard work. There is no secret recipe. Uh, you know, there are many uh, inspirational talkers and TEDx, TED Talks and books and whatever. There's many things that you can find out there to how to be successful at X. But I think the key to everything and anything is just to be disciplined and hard and really just work hard, you know, don't don't fool around and yeah. you know just just be disciplined if, if it has to be done it has to be done don't get distracted and yeah that's on that's my main you know uh inspiration from the mentors that i have had just the discipline even for my parents just be disciplined you know yeah yeah so i would say along the same lines of discipline um would you say that was something that was taught to you or did you were you do you think you were just born that way or how how yeah. do you develop discipline? Was it, was it something little, you learned yeah, in the environment? How would you say you learned that? Yeah, there's a little bit of both since uh, I didn't grow up in a very you know, uh, you know, healthy environment in Mexico. It was okay. uh, my family and I were really poor, and you know the kinds of things that you see around in those poor neighborhoods. Um, you just tried to be focused and not to imitate what you see around your uh, community, right? So you need to have a clear mind of what you have to do. And, and yeah, I think I had some of that uh, since I was born, that discipline, but also my mom, my mom was really tough. You know, and she always, uh, yeah, tried to uh, teach me in that, in that, in, in that um, you know, in that, that way of, being to be disciplined so it has to be done you have to get it done this is due tomorrow you have to get it done you know and even before she, she was that tough okay yeah that's important that's important i can relate to that as well having parents who are very um disciplined and determined and make sure you replicate and represent them in terms of that as well um so given all of your uh responsibilities and accomplishments. How do you maintain a balanced life? How have you maintained a balanced life so far? Because you have a family, you have a right. job, you have academic responsibilities, you have, you're part of different labs. 
right uh, how how are you maintaining balance and you're also in a pandemic too so i know uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so how are you maintaining balance right well again this comes back to the same topic that we were discussing discipline you discipline. know that that characteristic that you're born with or that you develop through the years or that you need to achieve somehow that helps you a lot for example uh, i have colleagues that they have a very uh, structured schedule for the things that they have to do like activity one from eight to nine activity two you know i don't do things like that to you know divide the activities sometimes it takes more time but you need to be aware of all your responsibilities as you're saying so you need to dedicate some time for your research, for your teaching, for your instruction every day. And then at some point you need to say, stop, stop. That's enough. That's enough work. Uh, you are not your job. You're not your job. It's time to go take care of myself, go take care of my body, working out or running, you know, whatever you like to do, play some sports, uh, whatever it is that you have to do to take care of your body and your mind. If you had to go to read, uh, if you have to go watch a movie, right? Uh, turn on the TV and see what's on. Uh, if you like to listen to a podcast like this one, right? Take care of your mind and yeah. then take care of your family. They, yeah. you know, kids, you know, they're growing up. Uh, they need to see their parents around. You need to play with them. You need to teach them. Uh, you need to share time with them. And then there's, uh, you know, your spouse and you have to also, you have to be a husband. You have to be there. You have to be supportive. You have to help with the responsibilities of the house. And uh, at some point, as I said, it's, it's discipline. And especially, specifically in the field of academia, you can work nonstop. It's a fact. Yeah. You can go on and on and on. And this is it's a never ending job. You know, it's really hard to say, okay, this is over. It's really, how can you tell it's over? Research's never over. <laughs> there's always yeah. there's more that you can do all the time, and yeah. also teaching and your response. But at some point, you need to say, "Stop, this is enough," and then you you know keep moving on. But again, this comes back to the discipline aspect. Um, so how do you how are you able to find a benchmark or a landmark uh, to stop? How are you able to do that? Because you said uh, I, it must never end. Or do you have it like structured in your day that this is my cutoff time? How do you stop? Right. So at some point, um, I, I would say, I mean, maybe I do have some kind of a structure. So let's say 6 p.m., 5 p.m., whatever was done, was done. It's time to go upstairs. Well, now I'm here in my basement working from home. So it's time to go upstairs, uh, be with the family, uh, help out with the dishes, uh, with dinner and then have some time uh, with my spouse, some time uh, for working out. I, I think it's just straight cut. You know, it, it's a time of the day, that's it, that's it. Okay, I didn't finish this, this. well, that's your problem. That's your pro problem for tomorrow. Yeah, I yeah, agree. And, yeah, and next day you have to work harder. If not, this is going to be piling and piling up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. Even as a graduate student, because I'm just starting graduate school and I am progressing through it. Um, of course, it's a, it's a different modality, a uh, different level of work, a different right. amount of rigor with chemistry. 
Um, so how were you able to find balance as a graduate student? Right. So as a grad? Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a graduate student, how were you able to find balance, even at Georgia Tech? Right. So as a grad student, I already had a family. So my first okay. boy was born during my second semester of PhD studies. But I, I, I cannot take credit. You know, my wife was very supportive. I think you met her, right? And you met my kid. I did. I did. Yeah. So she was very, very supportive. We had a very good division of labor at some point uh, that... It has to be put out on the table, right? So you know what? I'm doing this thing. It's taking a lot of time. It takes plenty of uh, cognitive abilities to be in the lab, to be doing research, to, you know, taking classes and whatever. Uh, so my wife at the beginning was very supportive. So I kind of was absent, you know. At, at that point, I think I was a little bit absent from family activities, but I had that supporting system. Uh, but then I did the same thing as I'm saying, as I'm telling you right now, I've been carrying this way of uh, conducting my job since grad school. At some point you say stop and stop is just stop. Don't think about it. Don't stress about it. Just stop and go be with your baby or with your, be with your wife. Uh, and, and again, as I'm saying, take care of your body, take care of yeah. your mind. Yeah. yeah. Work out. Super important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Exercise is very important. It helps keep you balanced and it's good for mental health. I completely right. agree. Um, so, uh, in terms of your academic ideas, in terms of your research and all the things you're working on, what would you say have been your most effective or interesting ideas or impactful ideas? If you had to sum up or describe your research at this point, what would you say is the most interesting or most uh, has the most potential to be impactful? Oh, right. Well, that has been evolving. You know, the kinds of things that I did for research, I started early as an undergrad and I was interested in many things um, as many of us are when we're undergrads, but then you, you have mentors and then you do whatever they tell you to do. But sometimes you develop, you know, uh, uh, you start to like it, what, what, what they're telling you to do. And one of the things that were, have been impactful and... <laughs> It's not like I'm super proud of it because this is something that I did as an undergrad. Um, but it was, it's an activity that I really enjoyed. It, it was the design of heat sinks with uh, liquid cool heat sinks where we just changed the geometry of the channels in which we were running the liquid inside the, the, the device to reduce pressure drop and increase cooling. You know, I don't want to go into the specifics, but that that research came out to be a conference paper, two conference papers and one journal paper that has received over a hundred citations right now. And oh, wow. yeah, that was my undergrad uh, research. And, you know, I was just having fun. Yeah, I honestly yeah. was just having fun. That's yeah, it. there was no breakthrough there. There was no, it was just a different way to think, to think about these things, these devices, but it wasn't like a breakthrough. It was just different way of approaching it. And it has been well received by the community. And I get uh, emails and invitations to join books and whatever. Uh, but, but then during my PhD, I came up with this idea that uh, when you have, well, it, it was about heat transfer at the interface between solids and liquids. And there are many theories. It's super complicated. Uh, but Again, the way that I think, uh, like, try, I'm tr I try to go back to the basics 
And it was like, okay, if you have more liquid close to the solid, you have more energy carriers, and then you can transfer more energy. And that idea had been out there. It was not my idea, but I had an idea to quantify it. And eventually it worked out. And I have tried this different times with now with my grad students, we changed the system and uh, completely different systems and we get the same result over and over and over, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were using a, a parameter to characterize the solid liquid interface, like uh, using wettability. Have you seen how droplets form on surfaces? And, and based on different surface, you have a different shape of the droplet. Okay. Well, uh, people use that to characterize the affinity between solids and liquids. And in those papers, they were doing that. And we said, no, that is not how this works. And we use their method and it's a mess. Then we use ours and everything reconciles on a single curve. And we see that all the time. And at some point we think this is going to be very impactful. And uh, yeah, we're getting, in, we're getting into this big uh, research uh, proposal for NIH in which we think we are going to be able to apply for the first time this uh, highly theoretical work. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Keep me yeah. posted as to what happens as you proceed. Absolutely. Yeah, so how have you sought or found the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually? So in essence, how or why did you go about doing your PhD studies at Georgia Tech and how or why did you find, or how have you found Penn State to be a good environment for you to thrive scientifically right. and intellectually? Yeah, as I said, I think I have been cheating all my life because I have always been surrounded by these amazing people. Okay. So, yeah, at Georgia Tech, you know the environment. It's, it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. stimulating. There's more people everywhere. Um, and and, and some, there's also sometimes toxic people, you know, like uh, they're, you stay away from them. They, the energy trainers, um, they're yeah. over-criticizing everything, yeah. over competitive uh there there's people like that in academia you know over yeah, and over competitive uh, so you know you, you have to surround yourself with the right people um, people that are um stimulating to your cognitive abilities to your ideas where you can discuss so at georgia tech you have that and um, at penn state it was different you know uh, georgia tech was an well it's an engineering school highly technical uh, super accomplished people everywhere, highly successful people everywhere. I'm not saying that at Penn State that's not the case. That's exactly the same thing. But here, this is more diverse. Georgia Tech, it's uh, tech, right? It's an institute of technology. Yeah. Even though we don't even call it a university, right? And, and we get angry when they say Georgia Tech University or something like that. It, yeah. it is not a university. It's a technological institute. Um, yeah. Penn State is a university. Oh, we yeah. have lawyers, we have medical school, we have uh, a biomedical school, we have biologists, chemists. It's such a rich environment to find collaborations, mm -hmm. to have a different point of view. So when I left Georgia Tech, it was like a big group with similar ideas in the field of heat transfer. And it was like always going over the same thing, over and over and over the same thing with small variations. 
looking to get bigger projects and whatever, but it was always the same thing. When I came to Penn State, I realized all the diversity, the different ways to approach the same problem, the different collaborations that you can get, and the input from experts uh, that sometimes verify your ideas. You know, like, like I have this idea and I don't know how this works. And at Georgia Tech, I was surrounded by engineers. And then here I can contact a biologist, I can contact a physical chemist, uh, a computational chemist, and they have much better insight into the things that I want to know about. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. That's good. Diversity is important. And you know, I don't know. You you said that you feel like as if, and I'm sure you're saying this jokingly, of course. You said you feel as if um, you've been cheating. I don't know if I would say that. I, I would say it's probably just been serendipity or oh, just good fortune on your behalf. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. But it's, it's definitely good. Definitely good that you it's working out. So, how do you maintain a view of the bigger picture in your career? and in your life in general. So given all the obstacles that people have to face, especially now with the pandemic, how you, you, you maintain focus on the bigger picture? I think it keeps right. you optimistic. Right, uh, so I think it's the same thing for both, for career uh, activities and for personal life. You need to take a moment, you need to stop. You know, our lives are uh, super quick, everything is fast paced, things are changing quickly uh, with this pandemic, with what's going on in politics, with, uh, with everything. So at some point, uh, as I'm saying in, in the job activities, you have to say stop, you have to stop, you have to uh, have a deep introspect introspection of where you want to be in your career, where you are, and then in your family, right? Uh, at this point realizing, okay, I have two small kids going to school, uh, this is what they need, and don't stress about, uh, <laughs> for example, like other colleagues, uh, oh, they need to learn calculus. <laughs> They're seven years old, right? So, yeah. you know, that's a way of keeping the bigger picture, like seeing where you are, where you have to be, and how you're gonna get there. And that takes time. That takes time for you to stop working on whatever you're doing, on overstressing on whatever is happening, and have, you know, some time to think, right? And establish yeah. a plan. Yeah, and yeah. this is again, coming back to the discipline aspect of uh, how you have to behave in your personal life and in your professional life. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very important. Yeah. Very, very important. Like in my, for my background, like I have a faith background. So one of the things they say is, you know, they say, you know, it's important for you to, one of the verses that it says, write the vision and make it plain. So you have to set down, you have to set down goals, you have to write a plan, you have to establish it, and that requires a lot of deep thinking and deliberation. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so in terms of your long-standing interests, what, how would you, if you could sum it up in short, um, what have been your long-standing interests in the field of mechanical engineering? Has it been thermodynamics? Has it been like um, heat transfer, um, interface? Heat transfer, what, what has been your long standing interest throughout the right. entire career thus far? Right, it has changed. As I said, I have uh, morphed into different uh, interests through the years. So it began with uh, renewable energy, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. I was so passionate about that. And that was because of a mentor, of course, right? 
Yeah. And then at some point I had interest in biomechanical or mechanic, uh, yeah, bioengineering. Okay. Using uh, engineering to make a life better. Okay. And then during my PhD, I had a lot of freedom because I had a fellowship, you know, that gives you lots of uh, freedom to do whatever you want. Yeah. So, so I found the field of interfaces super interesting. I found the problems that were in the uh, in the literature, and I tried to make a contribution. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I have many research interests, and it's just a, fa a matter of focusing on each one at different stages of your life, right? Yeah, that's true. It's very true because you know I have I've had several interests as I progress, and right now I'm. I'm con I'm leaning towards concentrating on organic synthesis for because I'm doing organic chemistry as my subdiscipline within the field of chemistry for my graduate studies. So I'm leaning towards organic synthesis. Um, and as it stands right now, I like how you put that. You know, you said that you focus on different aspects of different interests at different stages of your career. Yeah, that's important. So just before we wrap it up. Um, do you have any advice to those wanting to pursue the field you're currently working in? Oh yeah, Would absolutely. Absolutely. So that would be if, uh, well, what I can say is I, I can sell you the uh, field of mechanical engineering as a field that is taking up. Uh, there are many companies hiring mechanical engineers for, to do different things from robotics to manufacturing to control to heat transfer. In my particular field of heat transfer, some cool companies are hiring uh, young students, I mean, young uh, professionals, um, NVIDIA for graphic cards, uh, Intel, Apple, they all want mechanical engineers and they all want uh, thermal engineers. So if you like those cool companies and you like engineering, that's a good combination. Go for it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you so much, Dr. Ramos Alvarado. It's good to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. Thank you.